0: Thank you. Welcome to the first Father Nature of the new year, John, Rob. Very happy New Year! Surely far too late to say that now. This is going out pretty much the end of January, isn't it? No, yeah, definitely. I heard that no, in a no, 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 never.
1: It can never be <laughs> yeah. too late oh. to say Happy New Year. Yeah. Surely, let's keep, oh, Okay, it's going to be Happy New Year, January, February, March, April, right the way through. Let's keep it that way. I think maybe after it just a couple of years. <laughs> happy year yeah <laughs> every time you. you
0: speak to someone yeah what yeah. what is your general
2: cutoff point rob do you think if you had to put a date on it i think if you're still saying it the sec the second half of the first week back at work you're struggling <gasps> for conversation with that person <laughs> so what are you talking like let's which say this year yeah it would around- probably have been like the sixth or the seventh
0: oh you go quite early you reckon? I think Yeah, I think you can get away with a happy new year up until... I, I was thinking in my head, you've got until about 11th or 12th. I'm doubling. Yeah, okay. But, I mean, John goes up until the 11th or 12th of December, by the sound of things. So.
1: <laughs> Definitely. Well, it depends when you've seen people. If you haven't seen them that year yet, it's a great yeah. greeting.
0: So we have got to kick off the new year... We've got five Nature New Year resolutions for you all. Uh, but before we get to them, we'll just have a quick chat about some of our previous episodes because we are still... Well, I don't know, Is this this isn't midwinter anymore, John, is it? Or is it midwinter?
1: No, I think it's called high winter this time of oh. year as we head on. Um, so things are definitely on the change. Anyone who's managed yeah. to get out for a nice walk will have seen... The buds are starting to swell on the trees. Uh, There's lots of uh, (laughs) bulbs and things appearing. Uh, Things like the daffodils and the crocuses, they're all showing their their shoots and the snowdrops, of course. Some uh, snowdrops are even in bloom, which is great. And, of course, hopefully everyone's noticed the amount of birdsong has increased hugely over the past couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, Uh, so we had... Our winter blues series, which focused obviously all on the winter blues and our 10 ways to beat them as well. Rob, have you found that you've utilised any of our famous mnemonic or any particular letters that you found handy this winter?
2: very much so. Yeah, I'd say I've I've had good coverage across most of the letters, I think. Um mm. I've been keeping my exercise up. Um I did have a I did drop it over the kind of win- the Christmas period, but have tried to maintain the like the running schedule, which has been really good. Um, I, th- I think one of my favorite ones has been some of the regular check-ins, um, which I think we covered under tea for talk. Um yeah. I now speak to my sister every thursday unless well we've spoken pretty much every thursday since the mnemonic went out which has been really nice because obviously busy working schedules and she's a mom it can get in the way of mm. um, just finding the time to catch up and um yeah we now set aside time on a thursday evening to have a long catch up which has been really good and you know that's been definitely um, a positive change since the mnemonic went out um yeah. And yeah, I think generally just making sure the diary's relatively busy with seeing people and catching up and keeping the interaction up. And I think that is a big one for me, which I think in years gone by, I wouldn't have um, lent into as much, so as a conscious effort to do that this year, um, which has been good um you know we've we have we have done quite a bit together in fairness, and even that's been quite nice so um yeah, we've done well in getting out and seeing shows and uh stand up and different bits and bobs, so no, I have to say yeah. it's been a it's been a great winter,
0: yeah, I found that it's just useful to have the mnemonic which we're all still struggling to say. Um, as <laughs> I can't just say as it m- <laughs> No, you can't say it at all. We've given up on that. Uh, just to have it as uh, like a a marker in terms of, okay, you might have an hour or two free this day or or, or that, or even if you're just looking at your day ahead, you might think, okay, well, I'm going to fill this bit of time with some exercise or a walk in nature, et cetera. So uh, I think it's been really nice to have it to refer to as the days go by in winter. John, have you found that you've used it at all, utilised it?
1: Well, I've definitely utilised it, um, but what's more and what's been, I think, more satisfying and actually quite humbling is some of the feedback that we've had about sort of the measures that we've issued, because they've all been ultimately very achievable, but people have found that it's made a real difference. And uh, like like you were saying, Rob, the the check-in business, I found that people have actually been raising the subject with other people, you know, sort of like when the subjects come up and you sort of, oh, bloody hell, it's a gloomy day today, this, that and the other. Yeah, but have you managed to get out and see so-and-so? Because it's really awesome. And I know people who have purposely taken walks because it's been, for instance, very misty. And to get that atmospheric one, um, literally only last night someone was saying that they... purposely uh went out for just a saunter in the garden for quite a while because it was such a magnificent moon because we've had that full moon uh last couple of nights uh Mm. and uh people have thought to myself actually yeah sort of this just, just get out and breathe that beautiful crisp air and uh and you know just being outside you're then hearing those sounds of nature which we were talking about you know don't worry about it having to be daylight if you've got somewhere safe or s- someone you can walk with get out at night and experience the night as well because it, it still does you you know a, a whole measure of good because you come back in feeling much better so so yeah i think it was a really you know worthwhile and valuable uh, couple of podcasts to issue actually
0: yeah excellent well if you uh, haven't managed to check them out yet or you want to uh, dip back into them they are obviously all still available Uh, principally the ones about the mnemonic are 11 ways to beat the winter blues part one and two Uh, what preceded that was just a discussion about what actually are the winter blues and there's a few other episodes as well to check out so um please do and we're gonna crack on now with Actually, I've got a little story
2: to tell. Cool. <laughs>
0: yeah, I've got a little story for you now. I had an interesting... Uh, well, I had an... What, what would I call it? An incident with nature, Oh I would say. <laughs> um, that of the avian variety. What happened was Rach and I were on our way back home from seeing her parents in the car. I was just turning up our road, and then it was fairly late. I think it was post-crepuscular, so we're yeah. talking uh, <laughs> 6 to 7 p.m., and all of a sudden, just above our car comes this huge animal, and I'm talking huge. like It flies over the car at a really, really low height, and we are like, what on earth is that? I was like, is that a heron? Like, Rachel thought it was a dinosaur. It was, it was... <laughs> like, we're, we're talking, like, massive. Um, like, the wingspan was something I've never seen before. Anyway, so we watched this bird just come over our car, and then, all of a sudden, bang! And it smacks into a road sign. No um, way! Yep, yeah, smacks into a road sign, and flops down onto the road, right ahead of us. So, um, obviously, hit the brakes... And then what we get the to see what it was. Right? <laughs> the road, the road sign somehow unaffected, um, <laughs> but I think it swung round about eight times. Um, <laughs> but it was a huge swan. It was a swan, a was it? massive yeah. swan. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so we got out, and we were like, "What on earth do you do?" Um, and obviously, like, it was quite dazed and wasn't quite right because you know it just smacked into a road sign. at however fast they fly um, and, and then about two cars later we were just trying to figure out what to do a, a, a lady stopped and said "You know what's happened, oh my god that's awful she said um, well have you rung the, the Swan Sanctuary <laughs> and I like um, well no, we don't know what the Swan Sanctuary is, anyway it turns out that uh, ten minutes down the road from us is a dedicated Swan Sanctuary and sure enough it called up this woman and ten minutes after that, um, a swan ambulance turns up. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, wow. a swan ambulance turns up. Uh, this woman uh, gets out and she, with our help, she, we get the swan kind of cornered and she gets in, grabs the neck in one mm. fell swoop, grabs the body and it starts giving it a proper good honk. Yeah. Um <laughs> And she gets it in the back of the car to take it to the river, but it was an amazing experience. It was an yeah. amazing no experience arms broken in the process. No arms broken. Um, <laughs> no one pecked. Um, <laughs> but but honestly, like gigantic. Like yes. they are huge. That yeah. um, yeah, sounds and, quite scary. And, and also, like just quite odd that they that it was flying uh, so low and in in, in mm. such um, you know and darkness as well pretty much is obviously why i don't know what their eyesight's
1: like but well i think well, one of the things good, is it's just yeah. gone straight into a road sign <laughs> yeah. yeah especially hey. that one's now yeah <laughs> i mean where you're living now you're very proximal to the thames and you know there's there's a huge amount of uh <clears throat> um things like ducks geese and of course swans on the thames now one of the things that does uh, quite a few birds do fly at night um, a lot of migratory birds, some of the geese and such and like, they will fly right through the night. And a lot of birds which are used to uh, coastal living, which would include all the waders, they their days and nights are not as relevant as the tide times. So they also get very used to, not unlike our songbirds, that basically roost all night and they're awake all day, they get used to doing whatever is dictated by the tide, so they will be active at night. The trouble comes when you get artificial lighting. So that swan, ordinarily, would have been absolutely fine flying at night because, as we've discovered, because we like to go out walking at night occasionally, nights are very, very rarely anything close to dark you get a quite a bit of natural light from just the sky and near water it's often reflected by water as well but things will fly with ease and accuracy all the time now presumably well going most over of the time the, yeah well going over town you've no doubt got uh street lights near where you are yeah and the and street light was just above this Yes, I've got a feeling it's probably dazzled by artificial light, and then come down with a, mm. an unholy, an un- undignified mm. bump. Yeah, no, but it exactly survived. Right. So yeah. hey. Well,
0: you yeah, know, and it was lovely as well that you know that. This not only did this woman stop, but that there is such a thing as the Swan Sanctuary. Presumably, mm-hmm. just volunteers. Uh, there is such a thing as a Swan ambulance, um, yep. and it was just nice to know that there were people there to to look after the animals um, when something like this happens. And yeah, so yeah. it was, uh, yeah, it was an experience, but I wouldn't want to take one on. Um, no. Anyway, let's uh, crack on with our Nature New Year's resolutions then. And this one, well, I guess kind of links to it, actually, John. Yeah. A nice little segue here, because number one is for everyone to learn a new bird song by heart. And this is mm. so you can experience that kind of smug moment where you're out and about, and you, whoever you're with, you hear a bird, and you're able to correctly identify that. So, yeah. what, Rob? What What do you think that you'd like to pick for your one?
2: Well, I've got a short list which I'd quite like to put to Father and get uh, his guidance on. So, if I look out um, into the garden at the moment, what I'm seeing the most of are goldfinches, collared doves, starlings, and blue tits. So I've had a look at those in the book that was sent to me, which is a sort of bird song um, book. Um, Mm. So I've had a bit of a read-up, and it sounds like each song from all of those birds can vary quite a bit. So I didn't know whether Mm. you had any recommendations, John, as a novice bird song identifier. Yeah, I mean...
1: (laughs) But <laughs> birdsong's, like, one of my bags. I love birdsong. Um, but the only real way to get to know it is familiarity. And yeah. so this is why I'm really glad that, that we've got this resolution, because it's looking at what we're familiar with and or what we want to become familiar with and what you're seeing in your garden. You've got much more chance of seeing and therefore hearing the birds in your garden than you might have with the ones that you only ever see when you do your walk across the hill or, you know, down by the river or whatever it might be. So I always say start with the garden birds and when you hear them, try to watch them. Now, this time of year, you've got the advantage that the leaves aren't on the trees and such like, so you can see them. Now, most birds have a repeated call and it will be very prominent this time of year because they're starting to get into uh, courtship uh, time and so they will be mapping out territories and courting one another primarily it's only the, the cock birds, the males that um, actually sing uh, but the females will also What did you call them? What The male birds? Yeah, Cocks? Cocks? Cocks and hens—that's ah, what they are. Okay. Unless you're talking things like ducks, which are uh, Drake and a duck, and you've got a goose and a gander, and you've got a pen and a cob. In the case of swans,
0: yeah, we know about the pens. Yeah, we know all about from, them from an early episode. Yeah. yeah,
1: so it's it's only usually the the males that uh, make the majority of the noise females will often make a communication noise as well and they will make alarm noises if you've got a sparrowhawk or a cat or something like that in the garden then you will often find that the birds change tact and you'll hear their alarm calls so in the case of what you're hearing at the moment rob the, uh, the the goldfinch, they tend to be in multiples still at the moment. The finches tend to flock up until they really do start to breed. And the goldfinch is a nice dainty, sort of like tinkling song. Uh, it's fairly disjointed but rambling. Uh, and But the blue tit has got definite phrases which it will start to sing. Some birds have a call that repeats time after time after time and they're the ones that are quite easy to get to know. Other birds have got what you might call a random song, such as the robin, and it can be quite difficult to get to know the song, but you get to know the voice. Now, I know that sounds uh, like a work of art, but it's, it's seriously not. If you talk to, say, Rachel, who's a teacher, I guarantee that she will know every member of the classes she teaches... By their voice alone and they're all the same species but you hmm. know it's it's repetition and familiarity so notice it and like notice it again and one of the other things you know try and in, do a, a, an impersonation of it because really? you won't manage it but it will <laughs> drill it into your head the pattern of the song hmm. but the one okay. the one thing that you said that is nice and easy but can be confused is the uh, collared dove so the wood pigeon has got a deep voice and generally has f- five notes to it uh the collared dove and i'll just play it in the background here
0: that sounds quite far in the background there we go yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, that sounds familiar.
1: So that's a repetition of three notes, whereas the wood always five. OK?
2: So
0: that that was just an example of that. So what I was thinking is that our listeners can perhaps go online and look at birds that are common to where they are from or where they're living, and then look up their song. Oh, definitely, yeah. try and learn it that way, and then go out and... Um, yep. try and experience it in the real world or vice versa, hear a song and then try and identify the bird like you've been saying so either way be great I've decided to go for a bird that you've talked about relentlessly for my whole <laughs> life I think and I've never seen nor heard nor understood why uh, you are quite so passionate about it but I'm going to try and identify a nightingale
1: Right, well you might need to come out with Father Nature for that because oh, I'll nightingales. change birds then. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the colored dove. <laughs> yeah. 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 Stick to sparrows, mate. <laughs> yeah. Nightingales are are rather rare. They've got. Why a do you like this... them so much? Well, let me just play it in the background, shall I? Okay. It's one of the purest and most beautiful songs. Uh, a song
2: for the purists. <laughs>
1: yeah. Let's see. As it, as it sings in the background, there's a couple of things about it. As its name would suggest, it's one of the very few birds that sing at night. And as such, it has the whole theatre, so to speak, to itself.
0: Is that all the nightingale?
1: This is all nightingale in the background. I mean, that's quite canary-like in its brilliance. Um, now, uh So they've got the whole audience themselves, whereas usually Mm. when you're sorting through your various bird songs, you've got a whole cacophony of different species to confuse the matter. Here, you hear the variation there. Here you've just got um, a a very loud uh, bird which just serenades. Now, it will also sing Mm. during the day. All right, stick your mic
0: back in, John, so we can hear you.
1: So it's quite rare. It needs a good understory of scrub to nest in. Uh, To look at, it's just a little brown bird. It's not very dramatic to look at. They're very, very shy as far as showing themselves, but they're they're not shy about singing. And the the good thing is the more you get, the more they sing. Sometimes if you get a, a single pair they will stop singing almost immediately they're paired up because there's no competition. And of course, we have to remember yeah. all this singing isn't for the joy of singing, it's, it's a tool. It's part of their uh, natural history that they need to defend a territory and woo a mate. So it ain't mm-hmm. for fun, it takes a lot of energy and it's something which uh, uh, is they will keep to a minimum if they can.
0: Yeah. Okay. Leave your microphone where it is because we can hear the birds in the background. But I okay. think you wanted to test Rob and I with a few. We'll do this quickly because we've still got four more resolutions to yeah, get very through. quick. Go on. Then. Fire, okay. fire some at us and we'll give it our best shot. High
1: pitched and rambling.
0: I think that might be a robin.
1: Yes, well done. That is a robin. Oh, and you are both have Okay, robins. one nil. It's oh, the one that nice. we said, if you do go out at dawn at the moment, you will get robins. So mm. that's I a beauty. I recognise the voice. Now, this next one <laughs> has got a similar voice, but unlike the robin, which was rambling, this is a set tune. That's the first phrase. I think that's a, a
0: female blackbird. Oh, no. Females don't sing.
1: No. One, one. It's one that we have spoken about on our podcast before.
2: Okay. Another
1: one of my little obsession ones, actually. Oh, that's the humble wren. It is the humble (laughs) wren. Now, if you listen to a wren, and you will both get these, they sing the same phrase over and over again. And you will hear okay, that that's quite along nice. the riverside yeah, and nice. stuff. It is lovely. It's a really mm. nice call. They also will do this ticking sort of sound, uh, which can you hear that? Yeah, you'll hear that a lot.
0: So that's a communication. I heard one recently, which is like a bit like that. Is like, that
1: more that louder than this? It could be yeah, missile thrush. Could well be missile mm. thrush. And I'll yeah, give you a quick right. blast of Father Nature's favourite. Oh. And this is wow. the lovely Song Thrush. That's nice. That's know, the it, Song it Thrush, beautiful. I
2: believe. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's and Song a- Thrush. <laughs> yeah. Again. I think there's a bit of lag on the mic. Um. As soon as you start to really listen out to it, you will hear it.
0: Okay, great. Thank you for that. So, uh, in summary, what we're asking you to do is to learn a new bird song by heart and then go out and identify it and really impress someone and let us know how you get on. So, moving on to our second Nature New Year's resolution something we've talked about a lot, but we're asking our listeners, John, to plant one new thing. Rob,
2: what do you think you're going to go for? So I've got two ideas for this one. I've got one, which is to grow something from seed for the first time, because I think I grew quite a lot last year, well, a fair amount, and did some when we were in London. But it was kind of all it had all been started off for me. So I'm quite keen to start something from seed myself. So I thought what I would do is um, keep the seeds from one of the chilies that uh, came into fruit that John gave us and plant those and try and grow my own plant this year. So nice. I've kept a few of the chilies uh, aside and I'm going to yeah, plant the plant the seeds over the next few weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. to try and get, yeah, another yield of those to blow our, uh, blow our heads off on another episode. Yeah, look forward to those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's my one thing in terms of growing something from seed. The other thing I quite want to do, and I've never got round to doing it, is to propagate one of my own plants. So I suppose it's not mm. technically planting something new. I suppose it is. Um, yeah, but yeah we'll, we'll give you that. We'll give me it. One, yeah. So, yeah, I've got a couple of plants, which I think are prime for that. I've got a Sansevieria, my snake plant. Uh, and I've got one recently, actually, only in the last few days. Uh, the Chinese money plant, which I've read is good for propagating oh. as well. So, mm. nice. They're the two that I'm gonna to, to go uh, gonna go for. Cool. Well, Sounds I good.
0: have been. Uh, well, I should I should say myself and Rachel have been uh, very generously gifted by her parents a kitchen garden herb. Um, sort of growing unit from seeds. So nice. I am going to try and grow my own herbs.
1: Fantastic. Herbs.
0: Herbs. Yep. herbs. My own herbs. Um, so I'm looking forward to doing that and obviously being in a flat and not having access to a garden it's nice and easy for me to um, do that and it'll be beneficial to stick it on the windowsill and Um, enjoy them with our meals any other ideas john for our listeners yeah a
1: couple of ideas and actually mine's uh quite similar to rob's in a funny sort of way um but i wanted to go for something slightly more unusual uh i wanted to uh some of the things that sort of this is more the propagation line uh than uh growing from seed but some of the things i've always wanted to have a go at and uh sort of It's a a cross between both of yours, actually, because it's kind of growing herbs and spices as well. But is having a go at growing some of the really unusual things, uh, like turmeric and ginger. Mm. Mm. And I thought I might even have a go at some sweet potatoes because I've never grown them before. And I just thought it would be a bit of fun to see how they go. Uh, Now, if you can buy fresh turmeric and fresh ginger and you literally put it on a window sill. you'll see that sometimes it just does develop a bit of a bud. I have grown right. ginger bud. before, but I think I've kept it too damp and they've rotted off. So right. I'm going to have another go at that. Um, but it led me on to thinking what some of our listeners might want to do, literally just out of interest, because there's some really easy stuff to do. Now, supposing you get um a parsnip or a carrot or something going a little bit wilted and in the bottom of the fridge plant it out mm-hmm. it sounds weird to say but just shove it in the ground you know tube 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 downwards and it will sprout from the top what and downwards any, well the, the the spiky bit downwards not the blunt All right, end. what did you call it <laughs> Well, it's like a tuber. But it's not, it's a root. But it's a tuber if it was a um, sweet potato or a a, musical uh, instrument. (laughs) 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 Right, let's not go there. And the other thing is if you get an onion that throws a big old green shoot out and makes it less good for your Mm. culinary purposes, just plant it. Plant it in the garden. Or if you haven't got a garden. All of my
0: garlic's doing that.
1: Yeah, so plant them. And not only will you get potentially a crop of garlic, the other thing that can happen is you won't get much of a crop of onions from it because the likelihood is it will, as vegetable gardeners call it, go to seed, i.e. it will flower. But if you've never seen an onion flower, this is part of my nice nature connection side, you will be stunned because it's an allium. They've got a beautiful sort of rosette or where it's a... Oh, I don't even know what you'd call it. It's a, it's a whole ball of flowers. They're good for insects. Insects love them. And, of course, once they go to seed, you get a good crop of onion seeds, which you can then mm. use in a culinary way. So I would say have a go at things like uh, onions, Uh Pretty much have a go at anything this is we're talking about having a bit of fun and experimenting.
2: do the flowers smell nice, yeah. or is it like smelling a bunch of onions
1: uh they are <laughs> they are oniony yes, definitely, <laughs> but mm. the carrot and the parsnip and such like the umbel they look a bit like cow parsley and such like because they are same family uh but they do, and one of the other things that I also love when it goes to seed i e flowers is things like radish and they produce stunning flowers good for insect life and then they get these wonderful seed pods which are really peppery like like a better version of a a salad actually so that's what i'm going to have a little play with this year that's my resolution on the planting front and that goes on top of a all the other bits and bobs in the garden.
0: Yeah, well, I guess, you know, that as a good point we're all, we're saying plant one thing, learn one new bird song, but it really it's at least one thing because, you know, yeah. don't let it don't stop there if you don't want to. Um and um, that links into number 3 where we've said take in one or read take in at least one sunrise and sunset. Now, yeah. sunsets, pretty, well, they're, they're both a lot easier at this time of the year, I guess, John. But what yeah. are you saying to go out specifically with the intention of seeing... Probably people would find it tricky to see a sunrise, I guess.
1: As the year goes on, when I do my uh, dawn walks for, um, you know, the dawn chorus, looking at birds and such like you're You're looking at needing to start sort of around about five o'clock in the morning when it's when late april may time um that's when the birds will be starting to sing you know between four and five so it's really quite early but that again is is great to do because it gives you an idea of just how long their day is and uh but it depends what you're going for if you're going specifically for Sunrise, then what you need to consider is a bit to do with the weather. Like we had our sunrise that didn't have an awful lot of sun because it was our overcast. summer solstice one, yeah, yeah. Um, so look at the weather if you've got weather like we had, you know, the last couple of nights where it's clear as a bell, then actually you're going to get a fantastic sunrise. Uh, and think about the fact you're going to be looking east. So you might want to fine tune where you uh, might assemble for the sunrise or you might just want to take in the ambience because it's such a noisy, wonderful time of day. Sunset, again, you're looking at the weather forecast, really. Um, I always think for sunset, it's fabulous to get up high if you can. And obviously you want to be looking west, so if you know, you know, look on your Ordnance Survey map and if you can see where there's a bit of a hill, look out west, settle yourself down with your flask of coffee or your beer or your packet of biscuits or whatever you're going to take and just watch that sun go down. And stay with it for a while because the sun will go down but the, the sky continues to do some, you know, really funky things yeah, once the nice sun's gone down. colours. Oh, yeah. superb. And, you know you can do them at any time of the year to be honest we 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 get it
0: yeah i've I've already managed to take in two sunsets this year um just mm. because there's uh, the walk down the river has a really nice gap where the sun goes down um yeah, so, so you found your spot to, yeah um yeah. that's really nice there's a ben- there's a couple of benches there specifically for that i think but i haven't done a sunrise yet have you ever done a sunrise robbie
2: glastonbury festival and <laughs> yeah it's just no, like it's- that. Um, you technically didn't get up for that yeah.
0: <laughs> you've taken in plenty then um so that is our uh, another one of our resolutions for this year then uh, number four is committing to making at least one positive change for the environment so
2: rob do you want to kick us off with what you're going to go for Sure. So one of the um changes I've made since we started the pod has to be made like to make a more conscious effort to make sure that what we're buying in the supermarket is local, is British where possible. So one of the changes mm. I've made is like I basically religiously ate pink lady apples up until about three months ago and they were always from like New Zealand or South Africa basically, which is now, yeah, I do feel quite bad about. So I now only eat British apples, which is a change I've made as part of this pod. And so I was thinking, what else can I do to kind of switch to make sure that what I eat often is locally produced or farmed, etc., just to bring the air miles down on what I'm eating and i think we have touched on this in certainly in the bees episode and possibly other episodes is the benefits of um supporting local beekeepers and buying local honey and when i was last in our nearby farm shop i did see that they sell honey from nearby beekeepers etc we eat quite a lot of it um with breakfast and different bits um throughout the day so um when I next go to the farm shop, I'm going to pick up a uh, pot of local honey and hopefully it doesn't break the bank too much and try <laughs> and keep that as a, uh, as a habit going forward. Nice. Yeah. I
0: have elected to do something slightly different. I'll come to you after, John, because I know yours is yep. similar to that in, in that it's food-based. But I have actually decided to make it one of my New Year's resolutions um, to have shorter showers, Ah. So I've gone for the water um, kind of um, preserving the water element side of environmental and issues, energy, of course, um, mm. and energy. Yeah, mm. um, I'm glad
2: we're doing these remotely now. Wouldn't want to be getting too <laughs> <little>. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. So, um, so that's what I'm going to go for because uh, I think I was I, I just languish in the shower quite often. Mm. Um, so I'm I'm cutting them down. Conscious effort to cut.
1: Uh, the water
0: consumption down for me. John, what have you gone for?
1: Yeah, I think they're both sterling choices so far, chaps. Really good. Um, I'm going for something which I I probably, again, uh, feel a little bit embarrassed. I haven't done this for, for a long time ago. Now, most of Father Nature's shopping trips tend to be at nine o'clock or later at night so regrettably I don't get to go to a greengrocer or, or a nice uh, farmer's market or anything like that it tends to be the supermarket and one thing that sort of has bugged me is that it's quite difficult to buy loose vegetables to add insult to injury you buy your packet of carrots or whatever they're in a plastic bag and it's non-recyclable and that sort of mm. really adds to it. Now, our local Tesco, I know, do have a lot of things like loaf bags and some of the bags that cereals are in and stuff like that. You can put them in a special uh, vat now, uh, as opposed to your own recycling bins. So I've managed to sort of get my head around that one. But I thought to myself, this is daft. And then, of course, th- there's something, there's always a, a, a sort of like a solution to these things so Mm. i checked it out before christmas and i have bought these really great little spun cotton uh net bags basically with a drawstring top and they're in various sizes uh they're from a wonderful sounding company which i haven't got to hand but i will do a instagram and give them a shout out, because they are great, and so basically, when I go in now, I use my little net bag, and I'm buying sort of as many vegetables as I can loose, and it's just going to cut back on the non-recyclable plastics immediately, and the more I do it, the more I'm looking around thinking, actually, I could probably do this for even more, Um, so it might sort of kick-start things, but in the first instance and what i like about it as a new year's resolution is it's quick it's easy it's relatively cheap and of course it will uh pay off environmentally quite quickly because we're already i mean i i guess that would save me uh, probably eight little plastic non-recyclable bags every week so Mm. you stash that up over the year yeah it's a good change it's a worthwhile change Yeah, little differences,
0: big impact. Um, So that's our three ideas. There's loads more that you can go for. So um, have a think and uh, let us know what you opt for. But that's making at least one positive change for the environment. And our fifth and final New Year's resolution is to volunteer some of your time to a cause that focuses perhaps on sustainability, perhaps on environment or mental health and doing something positive, maybe within your local community. It's just about volunteering some time. So uh, a few suggestions from us. Uh, Rob, again, why don't we start with you?
2: Sure. Yeah, I mean, I've been looking into my local area and what's on offer and it, it does seem like there's a good spread and, you know, help different charities and different organisations that are doing a lot to help, like you say, sustainability or with mental health or just uh, conservation efforts. So uh, a few that I've been looking into have been um, One, which is like helping do sort of walks locally, which is I think is is targeted towards people that um, either don't get out as much as often or don't like going out on their own and or want someone to speak to. So there's there's walks which look interesting. Uh, There's community Mm. gardening uh, efforts which look uh, look good as well, which aren't too far from here. And there is just volunteering at different um, sort of community projects and community-run shops as well um, that that sell local produce, etc. So, yeah, and I, that was just from looking this afternoon, to be honest, at what's mm-hmm. in your local area. And I was, there's so much that that you can do. So, you, um, yeah, I'm definitely gonna obviously look into into those in a bit more detail and and see where I can help out. Um, I did yeah. see one which made me laugh, and will make you both laugh given the amount of uh, stick I get for it, is that I have seen a volunteering opportunity for a lawn mower as in someone to <laughs> to mow lawns. So I'm not sure I have the uh, requisite Was experience for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's looking for someone. Um, so, yeah, I'll probably give that one a wide berth. Don't think I've got the CV for that. But, uh, yeah, no. there's plenty out there.
0: Yeah, awesome. I'm I'm thinking along the lines of a couple of things that I thought initially would be, I quite like the idea of a beach clean-up. I know that uh, there's various volunteers or charities that organise beach cleanups or general litter picking around the local area. And also there's a couple of good charities that plant trees as well. One in particular, Trees for Cities, you can go along to one of their tree planting days and volunteer to... Um, get some trees in the ground which is obviously hugely beneficial for the environment so that's a couple that i'm eyeing up but what what do you think john have you got anything specifically that you're going to try and do this year or any other ideas
1: uh well yes actually um i'm hoping well actually i i try to uh sort of get it booked up this year but Wonderfully, they're already booked. I wanted to many, many years ago. I did a hedge lane course with the British Trust for Conservation Volunteers. Now they're an organization which is as the name suggests, volunteers, but they if you can do something with them. Uh, not only will it be really beneficial for the countryside in general, but you tend to learn some great crafts through them as well, things like hedge laying, dry stone walling, stuff like that. And it can be dip in, dip out, or uh, you can do actual sort of like uh, small holidays with them, uh, working holidays, I guess, but uh, hmm. good fun nonetheless. So, And that's just building hedges? It's uh, the the one that I particularly wanted to do was laying a hedge, which is uh, where you get an established hedge which has sort of grown out of control a bit. But instead of just cutting it back, what you do is you you cut it down at the very bottom, but not all the way through, and you just bend it over into a, a sort of a woven pattern, and it grows back very thick and. Um, lots of side shoots and very good for wildlife because, of course, you know, after the Enclosures Act, everything was segregated and uh, we didn't have wire fences and stuff like that. It was predominantly thorn hedges and such like. So um, really worthwhile, good skills to learn, uh, and that would have been via... The uh, Surrey Wildlife Trust so wherever you are in the country listening to this you'll probably have a local wildlife trust if you have got some time for volunteering they will all have great stuff that you could do you might be near an RSPB reserve Uh, they do volunteering opportunities and obviously welcome them as do the National Trust Uh, and you'll learn a lot now some people who are particularly that, say, uh, you know, haven't got time but would like to help similar sort of, like, uh, charities. You you might consider someone like Friends of the Earth who have got a really nice, broad uh, sort of subject matter that they deal with. So they'll be dealing with everything from sort of like uh, climate change, um, uh, marine protection, uh, pesticide use, right down to very sort of uh, small-scale things that you can do. Uh, A lot of Friends of the Earth local groups, which you might be able to lend a hand on, or you might just choose to support the charity if that's what you can do. Um, Mm. And in a similar vein, if you want to get a bit closer to nature and learn more uh natural history groups my own one uh near me hazelmere natural history society is fantastic they would do field meetings and indoor meetings i've never known them not to be a really friendly bunch uh a lot of rspb uh, local groups do bird watches and such like that just you don't need to be uh, sort of, you know, a specialist to join them. You'll always be welcomed, um, but of course, there's also swan sanctuaries. You might be able to lend a hand there. Yeah. So, well, yeah, <laughs>
0: maybe if they weren't so utterly terrifying. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, that's all great suggestions. Um, I think the point is as well. You know, if you didn't even want to link up with something specifically, you could just go out and, and do a litter pick of, of your own accord, or. Um, yes. Yeah. Or whilst whilst doing a run, or, or something to help the local area or community. But it's basically find what you're interested in. It could be yep. the the great thing these days is you know it might be a small niche, and you're still likely to find something um, mm. in that kind mm. of subject area. It might be about you know as as Rob mentioned earlier, the bees. or... Exactly. I mean, um, just buying
1: local honey, you're you are mm. actively helping local beekeepers and you know we mentioned them in our podcast it's it's a difficult world out there for for the honeybees at the moment so that and the honeybees directly affect pretty much everything that grows so uh you know just doing something as simple as that is is a good step to take yeah. Okay.
0: So volunteer some of your time uh, to one of those causes and let us know which one you pick. We'd love to hear and we're going to be doing the same as well. So we'll keep you up to date of course on our Instagram account and in future episodes, but that marks uh, the end of our first one for 2022, gents. So we're off. We're off and the month. We're going to be recording, uh, we're going to be putting out an episode every 2 weeks this year. Um and it will be every other Thursday that we're going to put them out as well. So every other Thursday morning, you can expect your fortnightly dose of Father Nature. But if, of course, you want to get in touch with us in the meantime, then you can on our Instagram account at Father Nature HQ. And we hope you uh, yeah have fun putting those uh, New Year's resolutions, uh, while implementing them into your own lives as well. And we'll uh, certainly try and keep you up to date with how we get on as well won't we indeed certainly alright gents well uh, I'm off to call the Swan Sanctuary and (laughs) plant some herbs and learn some new bird songs and I'll speak to you soon yeah wonderful thanks
1: everyone cheers Cheers. Bye. bye bye bye